Oh, hey, didn't see you there. Welcome to Secondary Fermentation Podcast presented by East Carolina Beer and Brewing. We're here with episode number 36, Pick Up Sticks. I think I said the same thing for episode 26. <laughs> well, we need some new material. I know I do. Uh, as usual, I'm Joe and I am joined by Nick and Lauren. All right. I said as usual, but literally the last episode that we released, I wasn't we, we did here, not do this. So. There was no yeah. LC at all. But that's because we talked to Paul Philippon. Oh, yeah, Polly. If you haven't listened to that, it's a great uh, episode. We had a lot of good conversation with Paul and, uh, you know, just just a good time all together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I said Polly as if we're already best friends with him. <laughs> I feel like after that interview, we've really bonded. Yes. That's not what he said. Formed an eternal friendship. He said, you guys can call me Polly. That's what my friends call me. <laughs> <laughs> that actually maybe happen. we just dreamed that <laughs> yeah uh but no it was a good it was a great uh interview really enjoyed it it was fun too bad you weren't there lc next time next time we interview paul or next time <laughs> we interview anyone anyone <laughs> anyone <laughs> so we've got a beer open here in front of us uh lauren you cracked it why don't you tell us a little bit about it Great question. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm very curious about this beer, actually. So this is Magnanimous Brewing. Oh, yeah. Magnanimous. Magnanimous. Yeah. So um, this is actually their Creature, which is a Kolsch-style ale. Mm. Um, it's inspired by one of their favorite German styles. It's brewed with German malt and hops. Was this one of the ones that was sent by our buddy Matt? I think in so. In Florida? I do believe it was. I believe so, because I do not think I picked this out. Well, I, I did pick this out, but I picked it out of our fridge. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I remember that from the unboxing, actually, because he had a note yeah. about the Kolsch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, thanks again, Matt, for sending those. We're making them last, so we can uh, try them out here on the pod. What you guys thinking so far? I haven't even tasted it yet. I just I haven't smelled either. it. A lot mm. of hop aroma, I think, on the yeah. nose, for sure. Different than I was expecting. It's like a little bit more aggressive. Yeah, I wasn't even sure what style it was at first until uh, I took a taste, and then even still there was some uncertainty. The flavor is quite different than you would expect from a Kolsch as well. Yeah, a lot of like actual like spicy hop. Like, mm-hmm. like the, I don't know if this is just hopped with a ton of noble hops, but it is like spicy, earthy, kind of herbal smells to the max Yeah, uh, in a decently bitter finish, I feel like. Yeah. That are kind of dry. Does it outline any of the hop varieties on it? Does not. I think I'd have to look it up. But a very interesting and uh, kind of a unique experience, I think, from what we're used to drinking. Especially when you talk about a Kolsch, you know, you're thinking of uh, a little bit lighter, a little bit smooth. Mm-hmm. But very, uh, very cool so far. Yeah. And even the color is a little bit darker than I have come to expect from a Kolsch. Seems a little bit more of a yellow gold color i'm kind of more accustomed to that straw-like gold color but uh i'm a huge fan of kolsch this is a very interesting and fresh take on it with yeah like you said a lot more hop character yeah and it's a little bit hazy too i mean not too indifferent from normal but not a hugely long lasting head just a tiny bit of little foam sitting at the top of the glass if we're looking at BJCP, you know, the appearance, they say very pale to light gold. So this is a little bit darker, very clear. Um, this one, it doesn't hit that, but it's probably not filtered like some of the bigger commercial ones are. And then 
very uh, low malt aroma that we're supposed to be getting here. Grainy sweetness. But again, like I get more spicy herbal hops on here, uh, which is pretty aggressive, which I feel like it usually it's a little more subdued. But it does have kind of a soft palate, but it definitely is more in your face from flavor for sure. Yeah. So I think an interesting interpretation. I couldn't find anything about the various hops. Oh, you're, oh, you're doing some research over there? Yeah. I saw I you furiously typing away. Well. Yeah, then tapped. Checking for this does not really list much detail. Um, maybe they have it on their Instagram or something or their website, but yeah, definitely an intention to... There's only like 60-something checks. Really? Yeah, must be relatively new. But uh, yeah, definitely an intentional use of hops in this one. You said uh, kind of like herbal, and that really resonated because I couldn't quite place what I was getting. It was either some kind of fresh herb or I almost want to say it was kind of like a almost like a menthol. It just had some kind of like freshness to it, but you know, menthol being sort of akin to like fresh mint, um, that herbal quality that kind of nails it for me. Well, again, thanks Matt for sending this to us. Very uh, sure. interesting brew. So what's going around, uh, going on around here for beer, beer news? We got any local beer news, anything going on in the scene? You know, uh, a little bit far out, but just announced by Mythic Brewing in Rocky Mount. They've got a base there in the Rocky Mount Mills district. They're going to host an event this fall in September, LagerCon, which I was intrigued by the, the post. You don't typically see a beer festival that's just centered around lagers or that really embodies or, or I guess kind of embraces the lager style. But yeah, so they're going to have a, a fest with, so far I think they've got about 10 or so confirmed breweries participating with more in the works, I'm sure. They've got Barrel Culture, Hot Fly, Zillicoa, Cellarist, Zool, Standard, Bond Brothers, Mason Jar Lager Company, and Precarious Beer Project. Um, tickets are actually going to go on sale, or actually, well, on sale July 15th, so when this comes out, you should be able to go online, check their uh, their Facebook or Instagram or website, and tickets starting at $50, which includes your entry fee, commemorative glass, and unlimited sample pours from all the breweries in attendance. Unlimited lager. September 17th September at the Rocky Mountain Mills. Uh, that should be pretty cool. Yeah, I feel like, you know, lager is really making its comeback here. Uh, after, mm-hmm. I don't know, I feel like beer's seen a lot of trends and maybe people are getting a little sick of the trends, so shifting back to good old beer. <laughs> yeah. So lager con. I'm, I'm pretty excited. I think there's probably going to be a lot of good examples of some clean clean lagers there and it'll be interesting to taste them side by side you know really pick out the subtleties from there because if you're tasting an ipa to a lager obviously it's going to taste subtle and clean but if you're tasting a whole bunch back to back i mean really start to pick up the, the nuances but mythic did you realize that there's three tap rooms wow so they've got the tap room that's sort of adjacent to hot fly in the rocky mountain mills where are the other two at the other two, one's at Cedar Point. Okay. And the other one is in Zebulon. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's called The Cave. There. Zebulon's a neat little town. Yeah. But yeah, they've got three locations. I was trying to see if they do any distribution for any of our listeners that are not in the area. 
Yeah. But uh, I can't find that they do. They may just be a taproom model, but Mythic's got some good stuff. Yeah. I uh, took a swing by there uh, not too long ago on the way, doing a road trip back mm-hmm. through, grabbed a beer from Hopfly, grabbed some to go, and then had a quick little pour at Mythic and uh, made my way back. It was, a, it was a nice stop. Too bad I didn't have more some more time to spend. Yeah. They actually, uh, I, I believe I've gotten some cans from Driver Street from Mythic, but more of a local distribution. Kind yeah, of. I think so. And I, I think they do actually do some canning, but it might be through Hopfly's canning facility, which is right next door to them. If I am not incorrect with my calculations. Yeah. <laughs> I, I remember walking by the tap room in Rocky Mount and in between Hopfly's tap room and where Mythic's tap room is, there's that facility. I think they do all the canning there. So uh, they may do some there. I know Driver Street's carried a few of their cans. And also, kind of conveniently, across the street from there is the Goat Island Bottle Shop in Rocky Mountain Mills. And I've gotten, <laughs> I think, a can of some Mythic there as well. Gotcha. And you can buy it on site. But oh, yeah. yeah, so limited canning, but uh, should be a good treat nonetheless. And uh, another beer event, actually, which I don't know if we've talked a ton about. I don't think we'll be able to make it. Maybe we will. The Barrel Culture Invitational oh, yeah. in October. Darn. It's a very exclusive event. It has... It's the same weekend that we're planning to go to Asheville to drink beer, right? Yeah. <laughs> so we're missing oh, one beer. We're event. not drinking beer on that trip. What? Yeah, we're just visiting Asheville. All right, so Joe and I are going to Barrel <laughs> Culture's Invitational. You can cancel my room. We shall be here. <laughs> we shall be on. But yeah, so if you can make it, we won't be there, sadly, but go enjoy it for us. It's on the 15th oh, yeah. of October. It's going to be absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Like the, I try not to look at it because I'm sad that it, I won't be able to go or even attempt to be able to buy tickets. But uh, it's just going to be a crazy, crazy festival. Like looking at some of the lineup there, it's just. There's also another beer fest bananas. in the western part of the state too. The High Country Beer Fest, um, August 27th. And uh, Mythic Brewing is also going to be there. Ooh, where's that at? Uh, it's out in the Appalachia area. In the high country? <laughs> out in near Boone. Oh, near Boone, North yeah. Carolina. They have oh. over 35 breweries right now. Blowing This is their 15th year. Oh, cool. Yeah, so. It's a little far for us. Pretty <laughs> much all over the Mythic's state, though. Booming. I think they have pretty good turnout. Yeah, that's pretty awesome then. Yeah, Mythic making it all over the place here. But, yeah. So, there's a little peek into some uh, local beer news we've got. So some not some local stuff that I've been seeing pop up. Actually, I, I first saw a meme, a couple meme. I think it's from like Hayes Boys and then maybe one from Don't Drink Beers. But just stuff talking about like New Jersey beer laws. So it got me curious. So I looked it up and sent an article to these guys. And I don't know. I guess we're just sort of a little bit shocked at uh, the stuff that's going on. So if you haven't heard... New Jersey has just put into effect a new ruling, I think as of July 1, uh, that was previously postponed in 2018 after a huge public outcry, but it's basically limiting what limited licensed breweries can do in the state of New Jersey. Some very, uh, I think, backwards legislation here for these breweries, like limited number of events, no food trucks, can't even brew coffee on premise, like absolute craziness <laughs> that you'd think and uh it's just wild yeah i will never live in the state of new jersey because of this <laughs> we're protesting the entire state yes mm-hmm. 
I added that to my um, crap list along with Stone Brewery. Oh. The whole state of New Jersey. <laughs> Stone Brewery. Well, You're we didn't LC's even talk list. about this. Yeah, we didn't even talk about it because just the timing of our episode releases and everything, but Stone being sold to Sapporo. That Does that shocking. change your mind, Lauren? I don't know. You don't know? Depends on who's in charge. Sapporo. Sapporo. Okay. <laughs> as long as they don't try to take advantage of the little man and have frivolous lawsuits. Yeah. Yeah. Jury's still out. <laughs> no more uh no more beer Jesus there at Stone. I think that's yeah. what they call him. I wonder if they'll uh if he'll still be employed. I haven't really read much into it yet because I didn't do a ton of yeah. research, but like just hearing that they'll buy it. I don't think anybody's really sure of what the maneuvers are gonna be once they do it. Um or if they're going to oust anybody or do a massive thing, but I guess we'll see here. But total shocker. That was yeah. a huge shock. I'd, of all the places to sell out, like you Stone ha- is the one that was oh. so vocal about Yeah, never sell out. out. We're never going to sell out. No way. Never sell. And then I wonder if they just had humongous financial pressures from their uh, investors and things because some people speculated that the lawsuits that they were doing against uh, Miller Coors was for uh, to repay their investors some of like the 400 million they owed or something like mm. that speculation but maybe not unfounded yeah because shortly after <laughs> we are being sold and Sapporo too not one that I would have been like no. who's gonna buy stone oh Sapporo <laughs> what nationality is that beer Japanese Japanese yeah very interesting, interesting. Uh, um I mean, they're they're a huge player in the macro brewing industry but mm-hmm. yeah kind of not what you would expect for somebody picking up that, especially being a you know known for their IPAs. I'm I'm oh, kind of curious. Yeah. Maybe that actually is a good way for them to sort of broaden their portfolio. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Just a very interesting. Oh, certainly. Yeah, but uh, anyway, yeah. <laughs> Stone is on Lauren's uh, list after all the suing they did. Maybe now she'll change her mind. Whole we'll state see. of New Jersey. Now, now the whole state of New Jersey. The entire state of New Jersey. Well, you know, we just talked about Mythic Brewing, and they they have their event in September that they're hosting, and they're going out in August to the other event out west. That is interesting because that would essentially be counted towards their quota per year if you want to call it a quota if they were in new jersey you have a cap i think it's 12 you can attend 12 12 events, events. but they year. said if the event has a permit as a festival it doesn't count okay but still like so if you just want to be a vendor at like a pop-up market mm-hmm. or umbrella market thing something like that yeah that would, that would be, definitely count so so the basically some I guess some quick things on this, uh, where'd my bullet list go, but they're limited to 25 events hosted at the brewery. And the way that they define event is basically anything that brewery advertises either through conventional media or social media. So if they have a trivia night and they post on their Instagram, Hey, we've got trivia night that counts. So I think that's absolutely ridiculous. Oh, yeah, well, like just thinking, 25 yeah, events. And just thinking about like we go to trivia. They have trivia every Monday night at Pitch Street. Yeah. That would cut into like half of those events. Pitch Street would only right. be able to do that every other right. week. And that would be the only event type thing that they would be able to do. That's just ludicrous to me. Like it makes right. no sense. And that's something our breweries here are very good about doing is having 
two or three things per week, maybe, including trivia, open mic night, comedy showcases. And then they also are involved in the community and they have local pop-up markets oh, at the yeah. brewery. They've got, you know, the vintage clothes market that Pitt Street's done a couple times. Christmas in July. Christmas in July. And, you know, it's a good way to involve the community. So it's, to me, it's detrimental to these breweries in New Jersey that they're being restricted on what they can do to draw in the public because there's this perception that, you know, they're competing with restaurants and bars by having people stay there and hang out for a while. But really, to me, it just comes down to engaging with the community. Oh, and yeah. I mean, at the same time, you, you have a business and you're selling your product, but well, my thing is you go to a brewery, you drink some beers. What's the next thing you want to go do? You want to go eat like, right? So why right. wouldn't that restaurants? And that's one of the things I guess the brewers in, you know, re- like not retaliation to this, but like it's part of their defense is like, hey, we all like, you know, rise together. You know, we get business, we get people down in this area. We'll bring people to your restaurants. And then the the special ruling, it, it eliminates a ban on food deliveries to, to the breweries. Oh, okay. <laughs> but uh, now you can provide menus of restaurants there. But the thing it does ban is you can't have food trucks. You can't have any other food other than like single serve, like bags of chips, things like that. You can't wow. have any like pop-up, things like that. And then when you're talking about this list of events as well, like televised live sports counts. So if you air televised live sports, that counts as a as a wow. an event. It's like yeah. absolutely insane. If you have a DJ that has, I think I said amplified speakers, then that counts as an event. Like just absolutely right. crazy. It just seems so restrictive. Like it's completely backwards, I think, to everything else. Well, like I also don't really understand the intent. Like people go to breweries for a different reason. Like I'm, if I want to go out dancing and have a couple drinks, I'm probably not going to go to a brewery. (laughs) I will go to maybe a bar in those instances. If I want to go eat and then have a drink, I'm going to go to a restaurant. If I just want to go and enjoy you know, a nice brew and just hang out casually with friends, I'm going to go to a brewery. I have different intentions with any of those venues. Mm -hmm. So to have them be in the same competition market, I think is kind of odd. Oh, no. And some of the reasoning they cite is like, oh, it's going to hurt the economy for sports bars and restaurants. And I don't know. I feel like sports bars are a completely different clientele and category. Like, you don't see hipsters at the sports bar drinking Bud Light, <laughs> right. not right. to generalize on it, but like, but still, like, it's you're a different clientele, and just because you play the, you know, there's a football game on the TV at the brewery, and you're having a beer there, like, I don't know, that doesn't have direct competition to me. It's, <gasps> it's weird. And another thing they cite in their actual legislation is they're saying like, yeah, we did this because we took into consideration the voices of the 6,000 retail food establishments compared to only 100 breweries. So that again, like counters their argument saying, oh, they're going to provide a meaningful impact on competition for them because there's only a hundred versus 6,000. So it's like, you're kind of saying two, you know, two things talking about both sides of your mouth. So it's like a uphill battle for, the brewers because they're outnumbered as well. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the, the article from NorthJersey.com, they have the executive director from the Brewers Guild of New Jersey, Eric Orlando. And, I mean, he raises good points about this is still sort of a period where companies and businesses, including breweries, are still recovering financially from COVID and the impact that COVID had on 
the amount of production you were able to do, the amount of clientele you were able to have enter your premises. And, you know, supply chain issues are rampant everywhere now. So this is only going to hurt them. And in turn, it was supposed to be in you know the legislators' eyes. This is an attempt to avoid having bars and restaurants and, you know, sports bars, restaurants hurt. But now you're still in turn hurting another industry by limiting what they can do to draw in people to their business. You're taking sort of a stab at their livelihood as well. So you want to know something um, interesting. So when I uh, went down to Atlanta several years ago, we went to Sweetwater and they were not allowed to legally sell us beer but they were able to sell us tickets and we each had like pint glasses. So I'm wondering if there's like any kind of a loophole where, you know, they're not distributing and selling the beer. They're just selling tickets to like well, that, that could be redeemed. This, What's the actual like. This isn't limiting. They're, they're allowed to sell beer, but in this legislation, they need to have a tour associated with it. And so, like, anybody who comes in to buy a beer has to do some sort of tour. And they said for repeat customers, within a year, you can have you can have one tour, one tour per year. But the brewery has to keep a log of those tours. So it's almost kind of like, uh, if you've ever been to a bar that requires a membership, like, it's right. kind of like you signed off that you did your tour for the year. Oh, I got to re-up my tour here. <laughs> go for that. But they can sell it under that premise it's just restricting everything else that would make people want to stay and i think that that's what their major intention is because they state in one portion like the initial relaxed rules were to you know draw people into craft beer and make people want to purchase craft beer it's almost like saying let people come in let them try your product and then they'll buy it in the stores and now they're at the point where they're like okay no more your trial period's over uh you can very limited like sales at the brewery but you can't have food you can't have anything that would make people want to stay you can't have events up to 25 times but it's just wild yeah i feel like that also is kind of forcing there's a middleman that you know as the breweries are able to kind of try to sell more product at their own facilities you're cutting out a middleman for like mass distribution which somebody else is benefiting off of that Mm -hmm. um and it just well, that's the thing is it, I don't know, it's it's probably a lot of lobbying on the restaurant side and probably, I mean, probably some lobbying, lo- lo- lobbying on the distribution side because, you know, everybody's got that three-tier model where brewers up to a certain size in certain states, ha- they can't sell to consumers directly or retail stores directly. They have to go through a distributor for that, but that's part of like the three-tier system. So I wonder if there was some lobbying from distributors on that front as well which is very weird i mean it wouldn't make me want to go to a restaurant any more than what i currently do i just think too that gentleman that was talking about how he has kind of a multifunctional business where he also has coffee brewing and now they're not allowed to brew or sell coffee on premise so like he had a multi-purpose institution and business, and now he's not able to do part of his business, which I think is stupid as well. Are we <laughs> are we saying now we can't brew coffee because that hurts Starbucks? We want people to go to Starbucks? Like, I don't... Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the other thing. I feel like a lot of the places they're protecting are owned by 
like local franchise owners or not even franchise restaurants, but local restaurant groups, you know, cause how many restaurants in an area, even if it's a one-off, not a chain place, it's usually owned by a restaurant group that has like, you know, five or 10 restaurants that are huge. It's not like it's like and I don't mom and pop's spaghetti yet. shop. Uh, but it's just crazy. Yeah. The, uh, interesting caveat that I saw was whether or not events were advertised on media or social media. So I'm curious to see how breweries respond to this and try to find <laughs> ways around that by holding events that weren't advertised on social media. Word of mouth events. Yeah. Welcome to underground trivia. <laughs> no, seriously. I mean, that's. I mean, it may come to that extent where they have to. Well, just crazy. Have it's things out like, that way because oh, if you can prove, hey, we didn't advertise this on our Unwritten Twitter rule. or you know Instagram, every Monday, people showed up, and so we had yeah. trivia. I just want to see how they, you know. Since this has been relaxed in 2015, like how I want to see the data of like how much has it impacted restaurant business? How much money have the restaurants lost because of this? Right. How much has Buffalo Wild Wings lost because of (laughs) these breweries? You know, like maybe people aren't going to Buffalo Wild Wings because it's not that great. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I know Warren just triggered a lot of people. (laughs) Don't think it's the brewery's fault. Right. Well, and right now would be a terrible time to try to do an analysis of that because I don't think the economy is in any COVID. state where it's yeah off of COVID. Nothing's really regular right now. So, I mean, you couldn't really pinpoint that to any one factor at this point in time. So, uh, yeah, just really kind of alarming for those breweries, especially those that aren't really into production because your bread and butter is having people in your tap room. And if you're not able to rely on having cans on the shelves of the store uh, working with the distributor. I mean, you're going to hurt just based on the fact that you can't draw people in with harmless fun events that, you know, attract people and to have a couple beers. I just really hope that other States um, don't take mm. this approach. And- yeah. And this is for, you know, limited brewery statutes. So smaller breweries, smaller size, not ones that have per- applied for other, permits that are much but if you're a smaller brewery and you don't have that production volume then your income is going to be lower so it's just i don't know sure the whole thing is just weird there might be an angle that we're not getting since we're not lawyers yeah but uh well we're definitely not alone in our our sort of concerned outcry because we don't even live there and we're kind of saying that doesn't really sound right what's the matter for you and everybody everybody else that uh, we've read has, has had similar sentiments Jersey only cares about gym tanning and laundry. <laughs> they don't care about the small brewers. Small brewers are cutting a t-shirt time. Yeah. T-shirt time. Forget about it. <laughs> 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 well, uh, after we just were complaining a lot here, you want to crack another beer? Oh, please. Nicholas over there has got a nice can of beer. Should we rinse these ones out first? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, when in Rome. But it doesn't we're really in apply to North, yeah, in North Carolina. When in Rome. <laughs> we'll just go for it. Let's do it. Lauren, where's your glass? Right here. Ooh, I hope you picked up that crack. That was a good crack. So, I'm going to pour a few glasses here of Electronic Fog from Flying Machine Brewing Company. That whole sequence of words you just said sounded cool. Yeah. Electronic Fog by Flying Machine. Sounds like something out of Blade Runner. (laughs) Wow. 
Wow, extremely aromatic. Like as soon as I like pass this glass in front of my face to set it on the table, I got a big old whiff. Yeah, this uh New England IPA. It's a nice little uh, IPA from you like said Flying Machine. I believe we went there our last trip to Wilmington. Oh yeah. Also, if you get a chance, check out Flying Machine on Instagram. They have a lot of great photos. Yes. Right. Absolutely. They, they've got they some do, killer pictures on there. I'm actually going to see if I can find a post about this beer on their Instagram because I bet they did something sweet. Them the can has culture. a really nice, like, simple look to it. The aesthetic is nice. Ooh. It's just a white background, but it's got it's like pyramid eye look, but kind of a, a an updated look of sort yeah, of the it's all like seeing a eye. synth wave, mm-hmm. all seeing eye kind of thing. Which I'm a sucker for some reason. I really like pyramids with eyeballs, and <laughs> like the all seeing eye thing. For some reason, it's just very visually appealing for me. <laughs> I like pyramids. I just think eyeballs. they're so cool. <laughs> Interesting. That's why I like all of Dissolver's stuff. Like I'm like, oh, this is so cool, but just because it's just a bunch of pyramids with eyeballs. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Let me take a, a smell. Oh, wow. Smells good. Yeah. And you guys m- may not be surprised. It's a double dry hopped hazy IPA. A so DDH HEPA. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So Flying Machine in Wilmington, just one of the many great craft breweries that comes out of Wilmington. And, you know, they're neighbors with the likes of New Anthem. And I feel like if you're a hop head or you really like the hazies, you should go down to wilmington check out oh, their yeah. breweries hit the beach yeah we should do that we haven't been down there in a while no we haven't it's it's been over a year it has been over a year that is correct yeah it's been about 16 months <laughs> yeah. been Ed- counting Edward's every Teach day. down there too yep. that's yeah, another Edward good one Teach. a couple smaller ones too i think that aren't quite as on the map or you established but ironclad mm-hmm. um geez well i'm really blinking it has been 16 months hasn't it <laughs> it's been 83 years <laughs> it's been <laughs> <laughs> 83 years yeah oh, okay i was gonna say I haven't been is that how long that. it was in titanic when she said that's how long it's been since she was on the titanic no, i can't remember also speaking of titanic for some reason <laughs> here we go yeah yeah here we go uh this in my for you page on tiktok i have been getting all these videos from this dude who's like titanic fan 97 and like he goes around and like goes to the like secondhand shops and buys Titanic on oh, yeah. VHS. <laughs> it's so weird. Like his voice is like, Why? "Ooh, boys, I'm gonna get some Titanic on VHS." And it's just like, "Why?" And then he's like, "Now I've got 900 copies of whatever." <laughs> it like has a whole wall of like just Titanic, Titanic? on VHS. Yeah. yeah, but that was like a two, yeah, like it's a two, two tape tapes. special. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why? Why do you need that many? And who still has a VCR? I don't know. He also works. carries around like a dummy. These are the real questions. With with Leonardo's face on it. Oh. He's like, me and Jack Dawson are going down to get some Titanic on VHS. <laughs> I just butchered his impression, but it's it's like scarring every time I hear it. Yeah, it's kind of scarring to me as well. Just listening to you. And I'll sign you the next one I see. It was actually 84 years, not 83 years. Oh no! It's I been can't eighty-four years, this. and I can still smell the fresh paint. It's been eighty-four years since you smelled. It's been <laughs> eighty-four <laughs> years. <laughs> it doesn't work as one week. <laughs> work as well. So yeah, electronic fog, hazy IPA, double dry hopped, very strong aroma, juicy, 
a little sweeter than mm-hmm. I was anticipating. Yeah. Got some like pineapple, maybe a little bit of stone fruit in there. Did you, you know? just say stone? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Lauren. Trigger word for Lauren. <laughs> Hashtag sued. I got sued by Sapporo. <laughs> uh, you know, the other day I took a bite of a like a really overripe peach. I and as I was, taking, stone. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was taking a bite of a stone. I had stone soup. Broke your teeth. Yeah. And what were you doing about your peach? You were biting a peach? Yeah, I had a, a really overripe peach that I took a bite out of. And as I took a bite, and you know, you can you kind of get the smell and the flavor simultaneously mm-hmm. with something like that. And it hit me right there how many beers I've smelled. I'm like, this smells like peach. That's the, <laughs> the, the, the like peachy peach. stone yeah. fruit, sweet hop aroma and flavor. Oh, now and it was get a so striking peach. to me. Yeah. It's been a while since I've had a fresh peach, you know, just canned peaches, really. I was about to say, you just literally had some canned peaches. That was pineapple. Uh, I'm prepping that for tomorrow. We got a okay. ninja Sorry. creamy thing. It's like you can make ice cream in it, but we've just mm. been like, you just take like a can of fruit and dump it in the thing, freeze it, and then it like makes it into a sorbet. So oh. It's just like one thing. Have you ma- You've made one of those before, haven't you? Mm-hmm. It was lemon, right? Mm-hmm. It was very tart. That one was very tart. <laughs> oh, that one yeah, was extremely that one, tart. Because like, that was literally... Add some lemons. Yeah, that was Done. straight. I love it. I don't think I added any sugar in there. The one I had today was just straight up pineapples. Like, But that's it was also in syrup that has like sugar in it. But it was so. pretty tart still. Syrup. 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 But there's a Y. Syrup. Yeah, but... Y or Y is pronounced R. Ah. Uh, but anyway, while we go way off track here, um, <laughs> yeah, this beer. <laughs> Delicious. It, not really overly bitter. I have very low perceived bitterness. Oh, for sure. Juicy punch. Drinkable. Oh, yeah. And Drinkable. Any guesses at the ABV? We haven't done that in a while. Ooh, I'm going to go up and I'm going to say... 7.2. 5.9. It is in between... Your Ooh. guesses. Six point one. Six point three. You got it. All right. <laughs> Joe's usually good by his second guess. He's, second two he's guesses. I'll dial in on that. Yeah. Abby. So that's a really nice ABV for a, a double yeah. dry hopper. I Not mean, it's just Not tons of flavor. Blue. Yeah, you can drink a couple of them. I could have a couple of those easy. But uh, and I actually have one more can of another Wilmington beer, actually from New Anthem. That uh, I'm willing to try. I almost brought that one instead, but Excellent. I feel we've done a lot of new anthem on the podcast. I don't think we've done any from we haven't flying machine. So yeah, flying machine. No, not awesome. really. Great pickup. I'm really pleased with this one. Yeah, thanks for sharing it with thanks us. Nick. You want to go back down there? You're so kind. Thanks for sharing. Sharing hey. is caring. Hey, sharing. we should go. We can go to the beach too. Yes, sir. All right. Well, what's next on our list here? Another depressing, sad. Sad topic. Cue the crying, rainy music. The world's smallest violin. <laughs> oh, gosh. Nobody wants to hear that. I hate that. Oh, gosh. Lauren's realistic baby crying noise. Also, it was very loud in my left ear of my headphone. <laughs> Sorry, Charlie. Let's see how many people actually thought it was a baby. If you thought it was a baby, no shame. You can just leave a comment on our <laughs> social and let us know. Hashtag thought it was a baby. Hashtag <laughs> thought it was a baby. <laughs> oh. uh, but yeah, yeah uh, we, we're we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, shortage of, of beer ingredients. <gasps> Gasp. <gasps> yeah. oh, don't say that. 
So this has kind of been a topic that's been around for the past few months. It's been a little bit of a prediction about as general inflation and general supply and demand, there's a predicted uh, hike in beer prices due to some barley shortages, just general inflation and associated costs of everything rising. Yep. But, uh, you know, either from the Russia-Ukraine conflict or a dry season causing, you know, not so great barley growing conditions. It's really yep. kind of like a double whammy hitting us with some beer price hikes. Oh, yeah. And we talked about that a little bit with Paul in the last episode. You know, he as a brewery owner and somebody who's trying to find a, a reasonable price to put on your product it becomes a challenge because... You know, there's such a volatility to the price of the goods that you use, the materials to make the beer, and inflation comes into play. So you've really got to make sure you find a good place to set your price per beer so that you're still making enough money as a business owner, but also you're not steering away people because you're too pricey. Yeah, exactly. You want to put a premium price on your premium product without uh, pricing yourself out, you know. Right. Yeah, I mean, and then there's also this, you know, as there is a risk for a lot of other things that are much bigger than craft beer with, you know, the climate change impacts. And, you know, like you said, you talked about, you know, crops being affected. There's being data showing, you know, a, re a reduction in the yield for barley farms. And it's very few, relatively few areas that barley is grown. Oh, yeah. and uh, And even in... States like California, where there's a ton of craft breweries per capita, you know, they have a lot of droughts and they have a lot of dry seasons and um, water can become an issue to get access to the water that you need for production. So, Oh, yeah. I mean, barley is kind of finicky, I guess, with how it grows. It can't get too hot. can't get mm -hmm. too cold. Uh, and a lot of it comes from, you know, uh, upper northwestern states, Montana, North Dakota, some Idaho stuff. But uh, this article from The Week magazine uh, states that there was a 31% decrease in barley production uh, in 2021 compared to 2020. Jeez. Hmm. So that's a lot when you're talking about an area that makes uh, about 75% of the barley in the U.S. It's a lot of stuff. Uh, also, I saw some things about, you know, the, the Russia-Ukraine conflict, like uh, pausing shipping routes which is one of the major, major transporters for barley and grains in Europe and uh, really just almost halting that production. So that has more of an impact on the food side of things, but right, just kind of crazy. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's alarming because it's impacting more than just, you know, a, a beer is a non-essential good, right? But What? what? Maybe. <laughs> 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 Let me rephrase that. We need beer. <laughs> um, no, but... We don't need food. That's for wimps. Well, you know, because it's interesting that a lot of people just don't seem to have... Or, or, or they just view it sort of like an uphill battle or an impossible battle to make any kind of immediate impact. And that, while that's true, there's no immediate impact that you can make. It's like, well, nothing's impacting me yet, right? And so why take action? But... I mean, unless you want to start paying eight, nine dollars a beer, not more. I mean, there's little things we can what do. What is this, an airport? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. and you know, the nice thing about the craft 
beer industry as a whole, I think, is a lot of capable and able breweries look to do a lot of eco-friendly operation. Oh, yeah. You know, Mother Earth and Kinston, they're, I think, completely run on renewable energy. They're a gold leaf business. There's New Belgium is very eco-friendly. They also use a lot of solar energy for their operation, and they're huge. So there, there are efforts within within the actual industry to, you know, sort of combat climate change and to control the factors that we can control to be sustainable. But, you know, it's almost like you've got to find something that somebody resonates with and says, Oh, I don't want to, I don't want to lose that. I don't want that to be an impact of climate change. Let me, you know, make oh, some, yeah. some individual changes. So I mean, people don't take action until something they want is threatened usually. <laughs> yeah. Like warning signs, you know, you, you would want to be pre- preemptive about things, but uh, yeah. if it's not posing an immediate threat, then you kind of are like, whatever, I don't care. It doesn't affect me until it does. Yeah. It was really cool, actually, in that same article from the week, New Belgium, speaking of New Belgium, they actually made an attempt to sort of showcase or to, I don't want to say warn people about what beer could look like over time if things continue in the same trend where there's scarcity of barley and hops and clean water or, or the water that we you know look for. And they're very particular about water in New Belgium. They they set up their operation accordingly. But you know, they made a beer in twenty twenty one that sort of replicated or forecasted what beer could look like if resources and our regular crops and ingredients are limited you know, they did some like smoke tainted water so that it sort of emulates that that water that's not up to standards. And then you have different uh, roots instead of hops for sort of like a bittering and flavoring and aroma agent. And then some really cheap grains. And, you know, they produced this beer last year and, and they had it available to kind of show people, hey, this is what beer could taste like. And a lot of people said it tasted like Band-Aids, <laughs> which is not very good <laughs> to me. So it's I like, love a nice Band-Aid. Is it yeah. used or is it fresh? That's what I want to know. You know. There's nothing like a nice scabby Band-Aid. That's disgusting. Scabby Band-Aid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the thing that I thought it was, how do you know what a Band-Aid tastes like? Yeah. I've never tasted one, so. It maybe tasted Have you as you never gotten smells. a boo-boo on your tongue, Nick? Really? Have what? you put a bandage on you? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just sorry, what? <laughs> Why do you think they have waterproof band-aids? I so mean, Nick, uh, um, are you saying I should like go doomsday-esque and just really start buying up all the beer now so that I don't have yeah. to worry about drinking well, I've actually started beer? building a bunker uh, in the backyard that has exactly. a hydroponic system so I can grow barley. Uh, and also I'll be, I have a malting room down there uh, and then uh, I'm making a brewery as well, so... Okay, you do realize that's a good that concept. You Make sound it. very convincing. Like do people I? may think that you were actually doing this. I am. You are not. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's a good concept for a brewery. Doomsday Brewing. Boom. And then like Ooh. have like a bunker theme. Ooh, yeah, I kinda like it. Self sufficient. I wanna I would rather have a beer cade, but a beer cade? All right. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Yeah. I mean I there, see you. there's just so much that goes into making beer as far as access to clean water the amount of water oh yeah you need a lot of water and that water goes towards the crops the hops the barley 
that goes into beer. I thought and you were so, gonna rhyme again. I know. The crops, I, I, the hops, the barley, the you drop the hops, the gnarly, and the <laughs> climate change don't stop. All right. So, look at this. I mean, this is a rap podcast. Not that this really was meant to be like a holier than thou. Hey, do your part for climate change, but it's just you know something interesting that popped up in my news feed. Oh yeah. You know, reading about New Belgium's torched earth beer. That was an interesting concept. Um, also, you know. Yeah, I mean, also interesting, like, reading more into this, uh, also, like, just the decreased acreage that farmers are putting towards barley as well, uh, basically to increase their corn acreage, which is kind of crazy, uh, which is not crazy because you think about things like ethanol fuel. Yes. Uh, that takes a lot of acreage and it's very uh, it's it's a lucrative thing for farmers to do so i mean if you're doing a farm and you're doing commercial farming probably gonna go where the money's at yep that's why i mean i'm trying to be very environmentally friendly (laughs) um i drive electric vehicle wow i was talking to somebody at work today and i was thinking about all like these lame bumper stickers i could put on the back of your car without you noticing um absolutely (laughs) not i would notice how would i not notice how would you know? When do you look at the back of your car? I walked around to the back of my car today. I bet I could get a couple of. Anytime days I go to Sam's, I need to you. open up the trunk, sir. Your electric car doesn't open itself. I still have to walk Fancy up to pants. it. <laughs> yeah, Lauren's doing her part. Yeah. Exactly. I'm doing Lower my Lower emissions. Yes. Going green. Going green. That's why I also have a lithium mine in the backyard as well. Uh. Yep. <laughs> You know, oh boy! But yeah, so have you seen? Have you guys seen this translate into higher beer prices yet? I haven't really noticed anything yet, but I've seen things that are coming saying potential five percent increase mm-hmm. in in beers. But you know, if they do it microly, microly. I don't think that's a word. But if they, they <laughs> if they're making small like micro changes, you're not going to notice like a five. So if a beer is five dollars, five percent is what twenty five cents. I'm shocked that, that you that just math? did that math. <laughs> um, so I like, it. you know, you maybe wouldn't notice a small incremental change, but over time, right. if it's continuing to rise, you're going to start to see that more. Yeah. Well, and the thing that's kind of striking to me is you look at beer prices now, like at a brewery, you get a pint. Generally, they're like $5, $6, kind of rounded whole dollars. So to make a jump, I mean, you would, feasibly think it could be 50 cents but more likely it'd be when it's time to jump up to next dollar and that would make a difference i think when you start seeing seven eight dollars instead of yeah five or six i mean when i have nine ten beers that's pretty significant on my bill there (laughs) but again you're paying for you know a quality product and we're paying for something that may be more difficult to produce or more expensive to produce certainly you know and then, then the fear becomes Will microbreweries be the first to suffer from oh. you know these reductions of crops, whereas the Anheuser Bushes of the world are going to be first in line to? Oh well, they've got buying power and all yeah. that stuff. Like you know, like Paul was saying last week, it's micro and nano and small breweries. They have uh, efficiency limitations, you know, right. where they their product costs more because they can't buy in volume and just the nature of their brewing with the size that they have. So. Yeah, uh, they'll definitely feel the effects first, and they'll have to raise their prices the most. So, I feel like you know Bud Light could absorb it pretty well. But uh, yeah, when actually I read 
an article from the World Wildlife Foundation and Anheuser-Busch InBev, they actually have an initiative with WWF, not World Wrestling. <laughs> Hulk <Party>. Hogan. <laughs> uh, they yeah. have an initiative with them. Uh, so, it, I mean, again, it just kind of shows you they're, they're involved in trying to, you know, reduce waste, you know, improve crop yield, things like that, battle climate change, if you will. But that doesn't mean that they're not going to be clamoring for, you know, the best crops available for their barley. If, uh, if, if things come down to it where production is very scarce because of, you know, droughts, just uh, land not being nutrient rich anymore, you know, they'll be the first to, to snatch it all up. So they make you look like they're, not to say they're not doing a good job, but, you know, I think it's all kind of, it's half PR, half for their their own personal gain as well. Yeah. They have a lot to gain from, you know, making making action. So, mm-hmm. all right. Well, this is probably the most depressing episode of the podcast so far. Uh, Lauren, why don't you lighten things up and uh, give us a little test of tasting with the LC pick of the week? I almost thought we were gonna have like a sad siren, like. <laughs> Perfect. That was pretty good. Assume the position. Man, remember the early episodes and we had the uh, the the pseudo soundboard, which was just basically YouTube clips on your phone. (laughs) Then I realized it's not really going to be a thing. We should get like a professional soundboard. Ooh, that was a nice crack, Lauren. Should we? Why not? Why? Because this podcast isn't taking any money, and we're just spending money. If someone would like to donate this one, <laughs> please donate. If you have a soundboard you're not using, yeah, we have not monetized oh, wait. the podcast. <laughs> Who's that actor? I think his name's like Michael something. He does. He was like in Police Academy movies. Oh yeah, and he does all the does sound like the, effects with his mouth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh gosh, if we could get him just to be on the show. <laughs> Ooh, I got a glass in my hand. I just have my hand out. I don't know when the glass <laughs> is. Holding it. There it is. Ooh, we've got ourselves a nice IPA glass here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we do. It. These are those special ones that we had. That every time we post a picture of it, somebody comments, "Get That's a real Spiegel out." <laughs> kind of like a Belgian smell. Yeah. A little bit of ester, a little bit of fruity ishness. But yeah, a lot mm. of ester. Yeah. Who's Esther? Hardly know her. <laughs> Now, I think Lauren was trying to throw this off by giving us a beer and an IPA glass. Yeah, I think she was. But our nose is not failing us. <laughs> Watch. It's actually an imperial <laughs> pastry stout. Mm. <laughs> Interesting. On sip, almost a peppery-like quality. Yeah. Now, a lot of the phenolic character you get tends to be kind of like clove spice, but this has, yeah, like a bell pepper, kind of a yeah, like a really jalapeno vegetal. Very interesting. Yeah, not what I was expecting off that sniff. The sniff is like a little sweeter. Mm-hmm. Is this beer within date? Mm-hmm. Okay, just making sure you didn't go to the back of the fridge. Oh, no, I know for a fact it is. All right, I'm going to take mm-hmm. a peek at it. Oh, a lot lighter in color than I expected. Really foamy head, too. Really. Yeah, very foamy. Fluffy. Beard. Yeah. 
there were there was a lot of head <laughs> was it did it like explode when you opened it no just when i was pouring it very soft pillowy foam uh could this be saison i don't know just like that peppery little bit of belgian not really yeah. much funk or anything like that this is a tough one could be yeah it could be saison farmhouse ale uh because those, those are just so varied in color and flavor. I mean, they're sort of a a benchmark, right, by BJCP standards, but we've encountered so many different iterations of Saisons, some more funky than others. Medium body, kind of a drier finish, not too much perceived bitterness, but more just like that peppery, phenolic finish. Hmm. I don't, yeah, I mean... I don't want my nose to just drive the whole thing. Drive me all the way because, and, and again, it's been reinforced a bit by tasting it and seeing it. It's not as, uh, I mean, it's dull enough. I think it could be a Belgian, but like a Belgian blonde would not work because it's it's too, I think, phenolic really to fall into that category. At least I wouldn't expect it to be. Yeah, I wonder if it like warms a, up a little bit. How it'll be that koozie's too good at keeping it cold. I was going to say, I did keep it out. I can't just put it on the table. Then you would see what it is. That's true. Yeah, I don't know. We need to invest in like a, a wrap. The color is throwing me off too. It's so pale. That's what I'm like thinking of like a, gosh, some sort of farmhousey kind of a thing. Oh, I don't know, Lauren. I think you beat us on this one. I don't have my BJCP knowledge up What's to that final, yet. What's your final guess? I'm going to say, uh, gosh. A grisette. <laughs> wow, interesting. You didn't even mention that. But it's like, uh, you know, that kind of flavor. No, you should have went with what you were Belgian saying. Belgian farmhouse saison. It is. It's a saison. Okay. There it is. I was trying to play your aspect, too. Sometimes I look at you. No, but I was not giving you anything. I was trying to go left. I don't really like wild this. Hey, card. I mean, that's pretty good, though. Saison. Oh. Yeah. The peppery, I think, is really what drove me there. The grossness is really what drove No, the grisette. Uh, I only knew... I, I said grisette also because I knew we had a grisette in the fridge, but it didn't taste like that one at all. Okay. And it's... Grisette's too... So... Gentle for that. This is Burial Beerco's Blade and Sheath Saison. Burial? Nice. Ooh, I didn't so, even... You must just, have bought this in secret. Yeah. One, I actually did pick this out at the store at Wegmans. Um, so it says, born of our most ambitious moments in the brew house, the revivalist Saison style ale is traditionally step mashed and then naturally carbonated in the fermenters. Born of barley, wheat, and rye from Asheville's Riverbend malt, this beer was then hopped with a liberal amount of U.S. grown and hand-selected hops. The result is a pathway through Carolina territory, imparting aromas of stone fruit, citrus zest, delicate white peppercorn, and earthiness. I think that's what earthy, super earthy. Definitely get pepper. I almost get like bell pepper. <laughs> yeah, like, like. interesting. Yeah, I didn't quite get bell pepper, but bell pepper. No, delicate white pepper. I know, but that's what I'm saying. Like it's the mix of earthiness and. I just really enjoy their labeling here. 
Oh, it, it probably comes off so you can recycle it. Oh, you know in what? An LC, you way. could just rip that off and then we wouldn't have known what it was because it's just yeah. a blank I can. I didn't realize it did this until I was playing with the can. Uh, yeah, it's got a nice, like, uh, it's because it, I think that type of label can't be recycled. Right. So they want you well, to rip it off and then. Well, I'm all about recycling because I'm very eco friendly. <laughs> as, as we've learned and mm-hmm. as you demonstrated. The yes, yes. We're proud of your efforts. Yes. Thank you for your support. That was a tasty beer. I mean, yeah, it was different. Kind of threw us for a loop. I should have just Neither not tried you to had checked this. In. I shouldn't have tried to play the game by uh, trying to play Lauren, see what she had. Try to try to do some weird guessing, but I know I, I was stuck so with proud the of you, Go with your gut. Because you were like, ah, oh, saison, and I was like, yeah, it is a saison. So I guess I knew I should have stuck to the gut. Saison, it's saison. I can't even look at Lauren when we do the LC pick. I have to just look away because she's she makes a lot of conflicting faces. You know, sometimes she'll try to mess with you and. And also, it's just her face. So it's, yeah, he's just trying to look, look away. He wants to keep the beard down. Something about your face. <laughs> I was gonna say that. But. <laughs> oh man! All right. Well, what'd you guys learn today? I learned it's not fun to talk about sad topics. <laughs> I mean, it's interesting. It's surely conversational and fun to to banter about. But you know, there there are some things that are not so fun and pleasant and. Upbeat yeah. in the craft beer world. What'd you learn there, LC? That we can quickly get off topic. Oh, I knew that. You just learned that? <laughs> yeah, <you> just, wow. <laughs> With 36 episodes yeah. in. I really re- recognize yeah. it today. Mm. I learned a lot for this episode and just like reading and... Oh, yeah. I know I won't See, live in New pre- Jersey. You should prepare for episodes every time. Then you would wow. really know. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Poor Joe's going to have his work cut out. So editing. thank you guys for listening. Um, this will be Lauren's last podcast wow. for secondary fermentation. Wow. People are going to think you're serious. No. You know. I mean, I might be. <laughs> <laughs> well. Uh, yeah. You know, and you know, I learned that New Jersey has lost the title of Brew Jersey. Uh they're just New Jersey now. Now they're Were new. they ever brewed Jersey? No, but uh, they definitely don't get it now. Give me a second. <laughs> I got nothing. You got nothing. All right. Well, that wraps us up for episode number 36 of Secondary Fermentation presented by East Carolina Beer and Brewing. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Check us out on our socials on Instagram at East Carolina Beer. Check out our website, eastcarolinabeer.com. We're on Twitter at EastBeer, Facebook, East Carolina Beer and Brewing. And if you want to hit us up on email, maybe send us some donations so we can buy cool podcasting equipment or beer, (laughs) Uh, just hit us up at uh, eastcarolinabeer at gmail.com. Or if you want to be like our buddy Matt and send us some beer, we'll always answer that too. But really, we just want to say thanks for listening and cheers. Cheers. Cheers.